Blog Talk Radio. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and ghouls, step right up. Behind this curtain lies a ghastly concoction of delight, horror, fantasy, and terror. Your every wish is our command. Your every whimsical desire brought to life. But I'm warning you, there's always a price. Welcome to the greatest And welcome back to the greatest show on earth that is Talking Terror. As always, I'm your old pal, the King of Horror, Andy G. Welcome back to this episode of the show, where tonight we're going to be talking about the Demonic Dean film pick of the week. That's right, the Demonic Dean is back, and he's back with a film pick, and that is Virus 32 from 2022, and directed by Gustavo Hernandez. So he is scheduled to be back. We will see. But before that, we're joined by the bold and the beautiful, the Gold Geek Keith. Buenos noches. Bienvenido a hablar de todo. Hello, everybody. Uh, yeah. How you doing sure. tonight? I mean, I'm, that's, that's the monkey's department. He knows the Spanish. I know the Italian. So together, we're a powerhouse. <laughs> so we're learning together. But always, we are joined by the psychotic symbol. Uh, grazie, mille, prego. Yeah, so yeah, learning a lot. <laughs> we are joined by... <laughs> a school that? Yeah. Family guy. Never gets that. Scoozy. He grew the mustache. Two say the Third time's a charm. Uh, third time's a charm. Come on, come on. You can get it, King. Get it out this time. Trienta. Io sono Andrea Piacere. Yep. See? I thought you were shit. Thank you, Duolingo. <laughs> but we're also joined by the psychotic simian, the prince of my Morris day. Yeah, let's get funky with the monkey. Oh, yes, Fright fans and horror hounds. It is Wednesday night, so we must be talking terror time, baby. Your favorite time of the week when we, your titans of terror, come in your ears with the latest horror news, nerdgasms, and movie reviews. But if you miss us live, don't shoot little zombie infested head off. We got you covered because every single episode of Talking Terror is always, always available to you for free on Spotify and iTunes, baby. You just remember to share the love and make sure that you and all your friends follow Talking Terror on Facebook and Instagram. What is up, motherfuckers? Well, God damn, he did his coke tonight. Right. Oh, he yeah! Woo. <laughs> Woo! Anthony Michael Hall. I'll <laughs> 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 do a couple rails before the show, as always. Gotta keep that energy up. Um, Gotta keep those sinuses <laughs> clear. <laughs> oh, got to. You know what the street value of those mountains are? crazy. <laughs> this is pure snow. Dude. <laughs> so, yes, welcome back, Monkey. We're also joined by the very astute, very educated, making his return to the show, the Demonic Dean, everybody. This is true. My return Ooh. to the show has been quite a few weeks. Uh, I mean, if you... Two. Uh, can find other... Things to do to occupy my time through my presence, but uh, but I will press on, and and here we are uh, for the episode. Oh, that was the monkey. Talking that wasn't me. What? <laughs> I say woohoo! 
excited. Well, we got the team back, which means we got our fan base back, which means we have listeners this week. I'm excited to have yeah. a listener. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Hong Kong is back. Now you've been, you've been talking to yourselves, and now, now finally you'll have someone to talk to. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> I got that Hong Kong fan base. Fifteen percent, thanks to the demonic team. Hell yeah! <laughs> yeah, fifteen percent is all the okay. But here we are. What the hell? Will be another, I'm sure, uh, rambunctiously uh, astute episode of Talking Terror. As we do best, of course. So, uh, Ghoul Monkey, do you have anything you want to talk about before we get to the Dean with some horror news? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I do have it. Oh, great. I do have two yes. things I would like to bring up actually. All right. Is if if I'm if I'm able, um yeah, because uh because this weekend, Saturday, May sixth, is free come on book day. That's right. Yep. <laughs> it's that time of the year again. So, yeah. Again, free comic book day. It's just, you know, a, a thing put out there to make people aware of independent comic book shops, where they are, the products that are out there, get, um, get, getting to um, new readers, ex, ex, uh, sorry, acquainted with new material, new artists, new creators. Uh, usually at these comic book shops, they also have cosplayers there. Um, if you're lucky, you might also have a c- couple of comic book creators there as well, signing stuff, selling stuff as well. Um, so, to figure out where this kind of stuff is going on in your area, what you want to do is go to freecomicbookday.com, okay? And you go there, and it will actually have a store locator for you to tell you, you where stores in your area are. Your mama. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> My mama was a comic book store? That's yeah, man. <laughs> <laughs> that, that's what she did with all the money after she, she sold the house. She went and bought a oh, comic right. store. Now she's living upstairs. And I don't know where it is. <laughs> but yeah, because <laughs> we would totally be there all the time, <laughs> like fucking clerk. Yeah, kids, get in my store. <laughs> but yeah, it's, it's, uh, again, go to freecomicbookday.com and it will tell you where that kind of stuff is. Uh, in your area. Also, if you're in the mood for go ahead and taking, you might as well be in the mood for giving. And this is also a really good time of the year to go ahead and donate to the Comic Book Legal Defense Fund. All right. To do that, you can go to CBDLF, that one I spelled, ghoul, dot org. Okay. And then you can go there to Was that donate and support. Yeah, something like that. <laughs> and there you can go ahead and make a donation to help them out. They're really cool for helping independent comic book creators with any legal issues that they're having going on. Um, they're there to fight any censorship that's going on in libraries or other establishments. It's just a foundation there to help comic book creators with the fight of getting their stuff out there to the public. So you can go there to make donations. And that's what I have for my two items. Thank you. <laughs> All right. So don't go to cbdu.com because that's just going to sell you a bunch of CBD oil. I did the wrong thing. I donated <laughs> to the wrong fund. No, Dude. I, t- 
I'll be I, back that's the why the goal had me spell it out. Come on, man. Mm-hmm. I, I wasn't paying attention. Well, now apparently I have a package of CBD oil coming to me. So, hey, I donated <laughs> just to a different organization. <laughs> but that's very cool. You got a free I, bottle of patchouli coming to your way. <laughs> hell yeah, with CBD in it. Uh, it's kind of like weed. But, uh, Ghoul, do you have anything uh, before we hand it over to the Dean? No, I'm a boring person, man. I'm good. Clearly. Most boring person I know. <laughs> Indeed. So, so, so yes, so we are going to hand it over to the Dean. He's back. He's got horror news. I give the desk back over to him. Just kick aside some of those beer bottles and it'll be fine. <laughs> So, I have never heard of National Alien Day, but apparently has kind of losing it. The aliens, the aliens have got aliens. Cover your head with foil. Cover your head with foil. Alien Day is a thing. In addition to that, it's been announced that Sidney Chandler uh, has been signed on uh, to play one of the leads of this alien film that will be coming out for Hulu. Um, this film takes What alien film is alien? that? Because you, you, you broke up. What film is that? Yeah, okay, so Fetty Alvarez is directing an alien film for um, Hulu. Uh, And uh, he shared a pic from the set uh, to celebrate National Alien Day. And it was also announced that Sidney Chandler uh, has signed on in one of the lead roles. The story of this film takes place long before uh, the exploits of Ripley. Uh, Sidney Chandler has played uh, Chrissy Hind in the pistol movie about the sex pistols and was also in Don't Worry Darling with Harry Styles and Florence Pugh, and uh, also commenting about Alien, uh, Sigourney Weaver, who we know played Ripley in the original Alien films, uh, has said that as far as she is concerned, the ship has sailed on her ever playing Ripley again. Uh, Now 73, uh, Weaver says that there was a Neil Blomkamp Alien film that she really wanted to do, but ultimately... Uh, the movie gods did not conspire to make it happen uh, and that she is happy with what she is doing now and she has put in her time in space. Uh, I'm glad that she's willing to sit there and, you know, know her own limits and acknowledge, you know, hey, she did her bit, which was an awesome bit, but, you know, yeah, it's best to let things lie and, you know, like we said before, just the story has obviously been able to carry on on its own and yeah just well maybe you can tell that to Jimmy yeah. Lee Curtis man she did three more movies <laughs> banged them out and she's like 85 so if she could do it it's going to be can but looks like the ship has sailed in Ellen Ripley so we won't get that but yeah it's a shame but you know like the Blinky said then a Stromo has sailed is that what you're saying yeah, it sailed. It's gone. No longer there. <laughs> Although I still think Aliens is like the best movie in that franchise. So fucking cool. Well, <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, fully agree. All right, so moving on from that, what else are we talking about? 
we know that this October, October 13th, to be precise, we'll see the world debut of the David Gordon Green uh, Exorcist sequel. There is some Exorcist sequel news coming out Ex- of Exorcist? CinemaCon. Exorcist uh, sequel news coming out of CinemaCon. Uh, one, this film has a title. It's going to be called The Exorcist Believer. And they also debuted a first look teaser trailer. And apparently it was intense and terrifying with crazy imagery. Uh, so no word That's on when. It's supposed to be. <laughs> <laughs> well, I am just, uh, I'm just passing on information that you might not yet have heard. Uh, monkey and no word on when the general public might see any teaser of any kind um but october 13th is when uh this film will see the light of day interesting yeah looking forward to seeing that footage and hopefully with linda blair coming back the tagline will be and now she's extra pissed like oh Ah! (laughs) (laughs) put it on the poster The Exorcist Believer. Okay, so stay tuned for that, because that's the the, uh, sequel to the original, but it's like a requel. It's the Halloween thing again, where it's like, yeah, we're just going to do the first one. Uh, Alan Burson coming back on the wear. So we'll see how it goes, uh, because, you know, Gordon Green did a great job with the Halloween movies. So full faith that the Exorcist movies are going to sail on. (laughs) I wonder if they're going to bring, like, a brand-new character in the third one, and it's all going to be about them. Well, no, I hope they bring Corey in. Bring Corey into (laughs) this franchise. Transport him completely from one to the other. Well, we're going to establish the Corey-verse. Exactly. (laughs) He's going to be like Tank the Conqueror. (laughs) (laughs) Just changing timelines as he goes. He could be in the Friday the 13th reboot. If they ever do Nightmare, he could be a part of that reboot. But Corey Cunningham just shows up everywhere. <laughs> Bitten Haddonfield. It's, it's like Corey's fucking quantum leap. He, he keeps jumping back to the franchise. franchise. Try. <laughs> oh. Why haven't I jumped yet? <laughs> you still got to fix this franchise, Corey. You can't go yet. <laughs> it's all up to you, Corey. You're the only one that can save it. All right. I'm going to go in there and do something. <laughs> and that's how you get Halloween ends, folks. <laughs> All right. So, Dean, moving on, what are we talking about? Also coming out of CinemaCon was word that the upcoming Stephen King's film, The Boogeyman, uh, debuted. And the word is that it is a super creepy horror movie with great scares. Is that an oh. official comment from Sam Raimi about Stephen King? <laughs> Could be. <laughs> super scary. Me and Bruce loved it. Totally scary. Totally good. Check it out. Put it on the post. That's right, Sam. <laughs> Bruce and Sam approve. I mean, I'm looking forward to that one. It looks like it could be kind of cool. I mean, they, they've shared some images and things like that from the Boogeyman. I know it's being very hyped, and I always hate it when they hype up things. Because it's always like, oh, it's going to be a scary experience in your life. And then you go and you, know, you fall asleep. This movie's going to scare the shit out of you. 
(laughs) (laughs) Shit will literally leave your body while you're watching this movie. You'll be like, oh, my God, I'm shitting myself. You don't even know why. Just so scary. This is one of the trailers for uh, Evil Dead Rise. Uh, So, yeah. I mean, it looks... At this point, I'm happy whenever there's just horror movies in theaters that look at least somewhat, you know... Like, hey, we're trying to be a scary movie. Yes. Now, does it, <laughs> you know, to me, does it look like, I don't know, every insidious and every conjuring and, and all of that stuff? Kind of. So, I mean, it doesn't look like it's going to break any new ground. So, at the very least, I'm hoping it's entertaining. Yeah, you can thank James Wan for that because everything looks like a James Wan movie after a while. With conjuring or insidious or sinister. Ethan Hawke shows up at some it, point. It, Patrick Wilson shows up at some point. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the, the little kid from that's Iron Man Three shows up again. You know, like they, they, that was one of the trailers too. Was, you know, I guess that didn't help. Like right after Boogeyman was the Insidious Four trailer or whatever movie they're on in that franchise. Yeah, like the Red Door, I think it's called. I think Patrick Wilson's directing that. Mm-hmm. I've seen all of them, unfortunately. First one still. Yeah, I, I, I own them all too. <laughs> I don't own any of them. I just have seen them all in theaters. <clears throat> I was more of a Sinister guy. Um, I felt like Sinister and Sinister 2 were better. But, you know, that's because Ethan Hawke is great in the first one. But, um, but, yeah, it all has those stamps of those directors where it's just like everything looks the same. You just can't tell. Because everybody always gets Conjuring and Sinister and City is always confused. Because like, they look the fucking same. <laughs> it's, there's really no, nothing to delineate them from each other. It's unfortunate, but... You know, they're still good movies on their own. But, all right, Dean, what else are we talking about? Also, coming out of CinemaCon, uh, trailers were shown for the upcoming Quiet Place uh, Day 1. And it's been discovered that Quiet Place Day 1 takes place in New York City. Uh, New York City! I, myself, (laughs) have only seen... Uh, the original the Quiet Place. So I do not know going on in the world of Quiet Place. Mm. Well, time will tell. I don't know either. I did hear that it was taking place in New York. Um, we'll see. I, I'm not a fan of those movies. I mean, we talked about that. But it's making money, obviously. So we're going to get more. Detention. It's yeah. trapped in detention. <laughs> it's but anytime Not I hear day one, I always think about the Usos. So, <laughs> anytime I hear day one, I was like, the Usos, are they going to be in this movie? Because they can't shut up. Like, they're going to be dead right away. They can't stop talking. <laughs> you don't want us. <laughs> <laughs> yep. <laughs> we the ones. Oh, they're dead. <laughs> the end. Roll credits. <laughs> All you guys had to do was stay quiet for 30 seconds. Couldn't even do that. So, Oh, damn, that was good. <laughs> so we have that, <clears throat> that to look forward to. Uh, what else are we talking about, Dean? Legendary Entertainment and Sam Raimi are teaming up to produce, <laughs> produce an adaptation of the Grady Hendrix novel, How to Sell a Haunted House. Uh, the screenplay <laughs> uh, is being written by... Hendrix and James Ashcroft, uh, and uh, coming home 2021 coming. Uh, oh, uh, sorry, 
Grady Hendrix is writing the screenplay along with James Ashcroft, who is also uh, going to direct. He who directed uh, Coming Home in the Dark uh, in 2021. Uh, so you mentioned Sam Raimi just a minute ago, and he once again yeah. is dipping his toes in the scary story water. I didn't even know that book came out because I, I follow Hendrix. Well, the book I didn't came out. That book came out. Yeah, I didn't know it came out. That's what I'm saying. I didn't even know it came out. I thought it was coming out like this summer. Hmm. Well, I have to look into that. I'm kind of a fan of Grady Hendrix. I like his writing. So, but yeah, so that's a quick adaptation. <laughs> you know, they're going to get it off the ground that fast. So, cool. Very much looking forward to that. All right, what's next? Uh, we've known for quite some time that the uh, attempts to get this Blade uh, reboot film going and Marvel has been quite a mess. Uh, now it's been said that true detective creator Nick Pizzolatto is now rewriting uh, the Blade movie for Marvel. Um, Not anymore. He has worked with Maharshala really? Ali on season three of True Detective, but this movie right now to go into production sometime late next month. So, uh, you know, uh, I hope he's writing quickly uh, because apparently they're now uh, rewriting the whole thing. With the writer strike, so, did you say he's There's a writer strike that just got announced that's going down, that happened already. Uh, no deal has been made. So guess what? Just about anything that you've got expectations for, if the script hasn't been written yet, it ain't fucking happening. So I can tell you, chances are this movie is not going to start filming next month if there's no fucking film, uh, if there's no script to be going by. I mean, maybe they could do some principal photography and shit like that, stuff that they know is going to be in place no matter what. But without a story, you know, I'm not, not sure there's going to be all that much they can do. I mean, I'll be a scab and I'll write it. I'll just like go in low key. Like, hey, man, I'm not even a part of this. Like, I'll write it. It's not going to be good, but I'll write it. Uh, you guys could film it, you know. It'll Everybody be better than Blade uh, Trinity. <laughs> It'll be a lot better. That was a masterpiece. What, <laughs> what a way to end that but no, the ghoul is right. Because I know that like Saturday Night Live and all the late shows, they're all fucking gone right now because of the writer's strike. So, yeah. So, doesn't look like that's going to happen. Like I said, again, I'll do it. I'll be the one to, to take the reins. And it'll be like the best one that you've ever seen. Because there'll just be a lot of Blade kicking people and going, ah, I'm a hunter. Motherfucker. Motherfucker. Like, this is, this <laughs> Don't forget the motherfucker. <laughs> yeah, Dude, you got to get... got to have a lead. do it, though. Here's the thing. you got to use the outfit from the fucking Tomb of Dracula, man. you got to go with that guy. <laughs> oh, that's you like that, huh? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Dude, the fucking... Uh, the, the Boy Wonder look? Yeah, the, that color scheme was perfect. <laughs> And and the big ass sunglasses that were all see through and shit. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's gonna be a vibe. Mind. It's gonna take place in the same. <clears throat> yeah, so not my, I have not to my <laughs> So we'll see what happens with all of that. Uh, but all right, Dean, what's next? What are we talking about? Uh, child's play. A couple of weeks ago, right here on this segment of the show, I talked about how. The daughter of one of the creative artists behind the whole Child's Play universe was putting out a book that was going to feature all kinds of photographs and information uh, based on her life growing up as a child. 
uh, under the banner of child's play. But now, uh, as he has continued to dip his toes into the world of writing, uh, original film director Tom Holland uh, is putting out a child's play visual memoir uh, that will look back at the 1988 child's play film uh, with all kinds of recollections as well as uh, his own personal uh, photographs uh, that were taken during the filming of Child's Play. Uh, the book, uh, as of now, is only available in a hardcover edition for thirty-four ninety-five, and it's clocking in at 152 pages. Not bad. I'm going to have to check that out. <clears throat> Because I'm a fan of Tom Holland, and I love him on Facebook, because he's like the most transparent guy ever. But he'll actually comment back on you and stuff like that and, and talk about, you know, Child's Play and Fright Night. Um, I know he's really excited about this book, because he plans on, like, autographing a whole bunch and sending them out. So looking forward to checking that out. I like out. him as Spider-Man. Um, yeah, he might have been better as Spider-Man. But, <laughs> you know, but, but, <laughs> John Fryer would have been better at Spider-Man. Oh, oh, fuck no, off. He just, he's not good at anything. Like, just, I don't know. Like, he's too neurotic for me. Like, Google shared that video, and I'm like, God, thank God. <laughs> they told him to go away. He just, every time I look at him, I think of Alan Harper on fucking Two and a Half Men. This fucking two neurotic and a half mess men. of a person yep. that just destroys everything in his path. <laughs> man, what about Ducky? You know. Oh, God, Ducky. Less about Ducky, the better. Oh, oh, See, so, sorry. That's a John. That's a, that's a John Hughes movie, which means you have to have emotion. So therefore, the King sure as fuck didn't watch it or enjoy it. What are you it. talking about? So... I love Pretty in Pink because of James Spader. James Spader fucking ruled in that movie. I, I, I've said it many times. <laughs> fucking yeah, fucking Ultron. Uh, yeah, yeah, well, I want to sit there and put your to put. put Put my hands all over your face while I'm trying to kiss you, fucking weird ass, creepy motherfucker. And yeah, I'm gonna sit and there and admit, yeah, J- and uh, and yeah, John Cryer. I actually, yes, do like the movie Hiding Out. I <laughs> I really yeah, enjoy like that the movie. Hiding Out is fucking awesome. Yeah, yeah, yes, I would awesome movie. <laughs> the one uh, good one. Even though he was in the um, one of those Superman series that I never watched. John Carter also uh, played Superman uh, three. in Superman 4, Quest for Peace. Uh, yes, that's he right. Was, I think, the nephew. He was the, he the was nephew, nephew uh, of Lex Luthor. Uh, Superman 3 was the one with Richard Pryor. Uh, yeah, yes, Superman yes, 4, yes, yes. Quest for Peace had, had, Quest had for peace. John Carter. But while obviously uh, this is not the John Carter <laughs> retrospective, uh, so uh, I don't. I want to make that clear for anybody that's just <laughs> tuning in to being what the fuck is being talked about right now. Uh, I do want to say while John Corbin, Cryer, his character, John Cryer, his character Ducky from uh, Pretty in Pink is arguably, Point I mean, back. his most well-known character, uh, and has yeah. has has had a very successful uh, television and film career. Uh, one of his films that, and, and I and I feel really bad because I absolutely fucking love this movie with all of my heart. Uh, but mm-hmm. when he does interviews and they ask John Cryer uh, if there's any movies that he regrets and wish that he didn't do, this is the one that he says, and it makes me feel so bad because I love it. But he was in a film in the 80s called Morgan Stewart's Coming Home uh, that I think is just wonderfully delightful. And uh, about that unfortunately, yeah. what's that? 
You've talked about that one before. But how much I'm you love sure that, that I have talked about it before because I he's fucking a love fan, it. Right? Uh, he plays a he plays a kid that's been away at a boarding school. Yes, and he's a fan of horror movies. And uh, he yeah, comes sure. home. Uh, he hasn't been home in like 12 years, and now his parents are like social climbing, trying to become his dad, trying to like run for some political office. And he's like the crazy kid that comes home and is now going to ruin the campaign. And there's like an evil like person that works for the family that wants to keep him away. It's like you know that kind of nonsense. But like, but I fucking love it. And like they say, hey John Cryer, what what do you regret? And he's always like Morgan Stewart's coming home, and I'm like, you're wrong, you're wrong. But anyway, uh, <laughs> we're not here. We're not here to talk about John. The dean loves it. <laughs> no, I hear him talk about John Cryer. I like that movie when it's it was called those, Black It's, it's just one of those like. bizarre, strange movies that could have only been made in the '80s. Like, there's just like weird side characters, like the, the like the housekeeper and the butler. Like, it's just it's just like one of those weird fucking '80s movies, and I and it's just it just it's just I just love it. I you know I also probably haven't seen it in 25 plus years, so I should revisit it and see if I what I still feel about it. But anyway, uh, again, this it. is not the John Cryer. This is not talking John Cryer. Uh, this is talking. <laughs> But he can't be. <laughs> <laughs> That'll be the Tuesday show, talking John Cryer. <laughs> All right, so what's next, Dave? What else can be done with 1978's John Carpenter masterpiece Halloween? I will tell you. I don't know. Trigger okay. Street Studios is currently accepting pre-orders for an original Halloween board game. Uh, they're calling this a, and I quote, hidden movement board game uh, that is based ah. on the 1978 film Halloween. Uh, it, is a, uh, it, is a, it is estimated uh, to start shipping on August 1st. Uh, it is coming in at 59 uh, $59.95. Uh, it's being called a one-versus-many uh, style board game where one player is Michael Myers and other players are Lori and her friends as they scramble to find weapons, find the kids, and find a way to escape. Uh, the rooms for the Doyle house, uh, the Wallace house, the Strode house, and the Myers house are all featured. And uh, the artist, the artist on this project, Thomas Miller, says, and I quote, and I think this is impossible given the digital technology, uh, that he has worn out his Blu-ray of the movie, uh, making sure that his art for the board game was as accurate as possible. I don't know how one can wear out a Blu-ray. (laughs) Interesting. As you were but saying, if you play board games, if you like to if you like to get together with some friends and sit around the table and and play board games, uh, this one uh, very well might be the one for you. Hmm. Monkey, you seem yeah, kind of grown when you said hidden movement game. Is that not something you like? What is a no, hidden movement because, game, Monkey? It's because tell us, Monkey, tell it's, us. It's pretty much a rip-off of Kill Dr. Lucky, which is a very, very popular Euro game of hidden movement. You're going around the house trying to kill Dr. Lucky, and this is, seems very much uh, just ripping off this game, but <laughs> throwing a Halloween title on it to get some extra cash. Okay. Hold so on real is, quick, that's Monty, why... okay? For, for all of us less civilized motherfuckers out there, okay, A, I have no idea what Dr. Lucky is. 
So what do you mean when you're saying like a hidden movement type game? Like you're, you're shouting out Dr. Lucky like we have a clue what that is. I, I'm just saying it sounds like a ripoff of that, where it's a thing of, uh, again, the, the point of the game is when everyone's working their way around the house pretty much like you would if you were playing Clue, but to actually kill someone and stuff like that, it, you have to be within sight of someone but out of sight of other people, so you're having to work your way around corners and this and that, so that's why it's called hidden movement is because you have to – if Michael's going to go around and kill Laurie, he can only – he can only be going after Laurie, and no one else can be seeing Michael trying to do it. So, therefore, Michael, you have to work your way around and uh, the house and be in sight of Laurie and able to attack her without anyone else being able to see you do it. So, that's why it's called a hidden movement words, game. In other words, you can only kill the victim if there's nobody there to witness you killing the victim. Exactly. Which is the point of the game okay. Kill Dr. Lucky is is everyone else is going around trying to kill Dr. Lucky, but but you can't unless if someone else is seeing you do it. So this sounds like <clears throat> a reverse version of this game, and they're just slapping t- the title Halloween on it. So that's why I was kind of groaning about that. <laughs> so in other words, a tabletop game that I would zone out halfway through the instructions and have no idea what I'm doing. You zone out halfway through the instructions on Jenga, man. <laughs> yeah, I just I don't get games. <laughs> you fucking hate Jenga too, man. You want to see the king pissed off? Ask him if he wants to play Jenga. Man, he gets so mad when you break out that fucking box. <laughs> yeah, because I have big fat fucking hands and fingers, and you have these little so fucking you gotta slender get the big, fucking, fat fingers fucking and... finger version of Jenga. Yeah, there needs to be a big fat person version of Jenga. Where well, they, they do it. They do it. It's made with two by fours. <laughs> yeah, I'll play that one because then I might actually win a fucking round. Or you know, the monkey says, like, "Look at what I can do, my little fucking fingers." I'm like, "Great, good for you." And I can't I, do it. I never, I'm never like steward over there going, "Look what I can do." I'm just like, "You're all you pissed off because I'm doing it while while." You're pretty yeah. fucking happy you're, with yourself. No, you're the you're the one that was all yelling about it and shit like that. I was just there with a beer in my hand and a cigarette in my mouth while I was doing it. You were just like, yeah. look at you like, being all like, fucking like, casual. No I fucking hate you. Whatsoever. Yeah. You're just like, oh, whoops, there we go. My move. I'm like, God damn it. <laughs> like, the cigarette's hanging on your mouth. You're drinking a beer. You're like, oh, wait, I'm not even looking. I'm not even looking right now. I'm not even looking at the thing. Whoop, whoop. I'm like, God, son of a bitch. All right, put okay, on one video day, game. Let uh, kick your ass. <laughs> yes, and that's exactly what happened. Because <laughs> King fucking whipped everybody's ass when we put it in WWE 2K. What is it, yeah, that 20? one I'm good at. I could be in the other room and be like, I'm not even looking at the screen right now. Look at the, oh, look at that. Super Slam. <laughs> the fuck you? I'm as good at butt mashing. Yeah, no, I, I, I don't get it. I mean, I, I, and there's also a Scream tabletop game coming out. I'm like, oh, it looks fun, but I don't like tabletop games. So not going to play it. Because <laughs> I have fat fucking fingers. Yeah, I, just, I have fucking gigantic fucking mid-sized fingers. It's just unfortunate. It's why the ladies love them, but the Euro games don't. <laughs> yeah, it's good for certain things. It's horrible for other things. Like Jenga and King's tabletop game. nickname is Rectal Ripper, you know? <laughs> <That's right. laughs> 
And it's like the, the one game that the monkey had me play where it's like a bunch of family people and you have to like fucking give them bad stories and shit like that. I, I had no idea what I was fucking doing. <laughs> Bullshit. You, you played that one before. And you're like, yeah, I still had no idea what I was doing. <laughs> yeah, because we had, it was a Euro game where we played. We all had families and we all had to try and kill off our own families before anybody else could kill off theirs. It was probably to kill off our own families. Yeah. 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 Yep. And it's like a yeah, full name of the game. Was, the game. What name are you talking about? The name of the game was Gloom. <laughs> and the Gloom? point is, yes, Gloom yeah. is the point of the game. Gloom and uh, Doom. Gloom. 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 G L O O M. Not not Doom oh, with the rock. That, that's something else. <laughs> oh, yeah. Boom? No, not <laughs> not not Kaboom. That's Keanu. We covered him last week. <laughs> yeah, no, I I don't know. Like, every five seconds, I'm like, did I win? Did I win? And he's like, no, you didn't win. Like, okay. Like, did I do it? <laughs> like, come on over here, please. <laughs> Everybody else is fucking kicking my ass. I'm like, I don't know what's going on. Like, I thought I got it. No, I'm, just, I'm terrible at tabletop games. <laughs> if you ever want to kick my ass with anything, just say, I want to play a tabletop game, because you automatically win. Because I phase out throwing I- instructions. His, unless it's the horror trivia tabletop game, because, yeah, he's awesome at that one. <laughs> well, yeah, the horror trivia game is just cards, and they're fucking baby questions. <laughs> yeah. See? <laughs> yeah, you're, questions. you're like, they're baby questions. You're like, they're baby Ooh, questions. The but it's the same time, it's like, Those are the questions. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, what was the mass of Michael Myers war in Halloween? Like, come on, dude. <laughs> this is Some of them are like that. And then other uh, then other ones are like, what was the pro- who who was the producer of Fright Night? You know, <laughs> I, said, I don't fucking know who <laughs> produced that shit. <laughs> <laughs> Gotta do your research. Like, who was the cinematographer on Friday Thirteenth? Barry Abrams, please. How the fuck do you know that? Who was the third gaffer <laughs> in The Hills Have Eyes? Dude. They only had two gaffers in that movie. Come on, three. That's because we could afford three gaffers in a fucking movie back in 77. Jesus. Come on, guys. <laughs> That's what I bring to the table. Good old horror trivia. <laughs> but, all right, Dean, moving on. What else are we talking about? Let's see. What else are we talking about? Uh, we have long since known that... Um, there was going to be a The Boys spinoff uh, called Gen V, uh, which was going to be set at the first college uh, for soups, uh, you know, being billed to us as like a Euphoria-style uh, show. And uh, one of The Boys creators, Eric Kripke, uh, tells us, uh, without giving a specific date, says that the Gen V spinoff will definitely be coming this fall. Uh, he says oh, sweet. that, he wow. says that the, the trailer, uh, as well as the official release date, are currently being worked on, so stay tuned. It will be worth the wait, so hold on to your dicks and vaginas. Question is, is it written yet? Because if it's not, <laughs> might have spoken a little too soon. I'm sure it has been, because I've been talking about this for a while, though, the spinoff. So I would imagine it's probably been written. It's just a matter of getting so. it on screen, you know. 
Because even like they were talking, Anthony Starr, who plays Homelander, was talking about season four of The Boys. And he's like, oh, it's like the most fucked up thing, and like we have to really go places. So I was like, well, obviously it's been written. But it's not like they're like, oh shit, writer's strike, we can't film. So I'm sure they'll just go off of what they already have. Um, so, but looking forward to that, of course. But all right, Dean, what else are we talking about? Uh, I have made it known uh, many times on this show how fond I am of the original Wicker Man film. And mm-hmm. I am here to say that uh, it's been announced that to celebrate the 50th anniversary of the Wicker Man. Uh, wow, 50 years? Yes, 1973. Mm-hmm. Yep. Uh, all three cuts of the film uh, have been restored uh, in allegedly beautiful 4K uh, transfers. Uh, there is going to be a five disc collector's edition that will feature cool. all three of the cuts as well as a shit ton of extras. Uh, now, uh, there's also going to be uh, digital releases uh, as well as uh, steelbook <laughs> releases. The, the, the Blu-ray version uh, I'm reading is only going to be uh, region two, but the 4K discs will be uh, region free. Um, now, that all of that stuff is coming uh, September 4th, and usually uh, I don't like to just add stories uh, to this portion of the show of, oh, look for this upcoming release on Steel, Steelbook, you know, because like, mm-hmm. that would be every fucking thing I talk about. But uh, what caught my eye <laughs> was that there was going to be a one-night, one of those one-night theatrical uh, presentations of the new... Uh, 4K uh, cut considered to be uh, the ultimate and final cut of The Wicker Man, and I got super excited until I learned that at this time uh, the screenings will only be taking place uh, in the UK. Dude! Yeah, it sucks. So, um, my my joy was short-lived upon seeing that. Um, now, now you mentioned different cuts. So, were there when we covered this? Were there different versions than what we covered? Dean? All right. So, so uh, and again, I, maybe the king can fill in some of the gaps in my knowledge. But uh, this was a very controversial movie when it came out in 1973, due to its uh, due to some of the religious content uh, within. And as often was the case. Uh, there was much, uh, there was much cut from it uh, outside of the control of the creators and director, and so on and so forth. So there was like a theatrical cut that uh, that that movie, not studio, but film creative team did not uh, did not uh, appreciate. And then in the rise of like VHS and especially DVD, uh, they were able to put out um, like like the like the the, what they were calling is the director's cut. So okay. the set that I have, the set that I have, uh, I actually have the set that came out, uh, DVD. Uh, it's in it's in the wooden, it's in a wooden box with like a burnt cover. And it has yeah, both ve- the... Very cool looking box. The, yeah, <laughs> yeah, it has both the... It has, when, I, when I sold all of my shit, that's one of the things that I did keep. Um, there was no way I can get rid of that. 
Um, oh yeah, no. and that has like the theatrical cut and then the director's cut. But I have learned that since then, maybe sometime around 2013 or so, uh, some more footage that was thought to be lost uh, had been earthed, and they put together, I guess, some kind of even more complete cut, which I don't think I've seen. And I think that's what they're calling like the ultimate cut for these three different cuts. Uh, do I have that right, King, or are there parts that I have wrong that you can fill in some info here? No, you're absolutely right. <clears throat> there were work print versions that had footage that wasn't included in the theatrical. Then they released a director's cut, which included some of that, but some of that footage was lost, so they tried to compile it together to make these different cuts. Um, so you have like a work print cut, you have the theatrical, you have the director's cut. So yeah, you're right. Um, and it'd be interesting to see what was lost to time and what they decided to include. Um, but it's another one of those movies like The Devils, Ken Russell's Devils from 71, where it's like, we're never going to see a fucking proper release of that movie. So the fact that The Wicker Man is doing this and Robin Hardy's film is going to be seen properly, I think it's great. You know, I mean, I, it's five discs, so you know it's going to be an investment. <laughs> I don't know if I'm able to afford uh, it. But... I, didn't, I, didn't see, I, didn't see any, um, I didn't see any pricing information yet uh, on this, but uh, I, I did see... I don't have it in front of me. I did see the list of special features, and uh, it's 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 going to be a very extensive collection of yeah. special features in the five in the five disc version. I did also learn though in the in the in the UK uh, one night screaming. I guess uh, I guess whichever theater uh, is going to be like the main one where they're having a celebration because uh, you know Robin Hardy passed away in 2016. Uh, there will mm -hmm. be members of Robin Hardy's uh, family on hand, uh, as well as who they're calling the guest of honor, uh, actress Britt Eklund, who played Willow uh, in The Wicker Man, yeah. is going to be on hand also uh, for this uh, big theatrical celebration. So um, really sweet to see this movie that in its time, you know, remember this, is, I mean, in its, in, its, in its time back in 1973, was so controversial uh, getting, getting uh, like so much, love where there's going to be like public uh, celebration. So pretty, pretty cool stuff for, for a film that I happen to particularly love within the genre as well. It Very cool, movie. man. And I think you should uh, definitely check I, out the Wicker Tree as well from 2011, the sequel uh, that Robin Hardy yes, actually I, directed. I, I, I never, I never saw that. I have heard about it. Um, I also in all of this talk about the Wicker Man, um, I also heard that there is currently uh, a a some kind of Wicker Man uh, TV series in the works. I don't know uh, I don't know who's behind it or if it's if it's already announced that it's for a particular uh, streamer or anything like that. Um, just that um, actually, let me look real quick. Sure. Yeah. Oh, okay, okay, here it is. So uh, the Wicker Man TV series is by in Andy development. Curtis. By Andy Serkis's <laughs> The Imaginarium. Yeah, there you go. Um, yes, it developed at the Studio Canal backed company Urban Myth Films and Andy Serkis and Jonathan Cavendish's company The Imaginarium. Um, so uh, that is what is going on with the TV series. I did not see uh, The Wicker Tree, um, and I have not What's seen the Nicolas Cage film. But I did watch on YouTube a compilation of all of the different times in the Wicker Man remake that Nicolas Cage overacts. Uh, it was a very fun oh, compilation to watch. That's going to be awesome. 
he he does a lot. Not the bees. Yeah, no, he he he's definitely, you know, playing it for a comedy in a lot of parts. But uh, the Wicker Tree uh, from 2011. It's actually on Plex if you want to check it out the for free. Um, All right, well, good to know. I have Plex. I have Plex. Great, uh, <clears throat> yeah, great uh, companion to the original one. But okay, so moving away from the Wicker Man, what else are we talking about? All right, let's see. Uh, back in um, whatever year it was that the original uh, Cloverfield uh, came out, uh, which, let's see, what year was that original Cloverfield? Was that 2007? Um, yeah, I feel like 2009 no, is too recent. But 2008. 2007. 2008. 2007, 2008. 2008. All right. 2008. Which I guess yeah. uh, still was a time uh, where you can do all kinds of like like viral uh, marketing. And back in 2007, uh, a website appeared called slusho.com, uh, which was a website to advertise a brand of drink called slusho, uh, which had uh, a highly addictive ingredient called Seabed's Nectar. Uh, and there were different flavors such as Blueberry Zoom, uh, Chocolate Rage, Banana Anime, Strawberry Tasty, and others. And uh, apparently, even though uh, you know, there was not much relevance to the plot of the movie. This was a viral marketing website for the original 2008 film uh, Cloverfield. Uh, now, there's been other uh, films under the Cloverfield banner since that original 2008 film, but it is known uh, that another Cloverfield movie is in the works. Um, nice. Director Babak Anvari, uh, who directed Under the Shadows, is directing, uh, and uh, it's been noticed that the slusho.com website has recently been activated, reactivated for the first time uh, since like 2008. So, um, you know, it appears that that once again might be some kind of marketing uh, that uh, is related to the upcoming um, Cloverfield. So I just actually opened the, uh, slusho website, and here it is, Slusho. Mix your Slusho. You can't drink just six. Um, yeah. <laughs> and, and here it is. There's not much else here aside from some cartoons dancing around. Up oh, here's some robots, Blueberry Zoom, Chocolate Rage, Mikein, Nashi, Banana Anime, Strawberry Tasty. Uh, it's back again. So um, there you go. You can combine flavors to make the best Slusho of all time. So, yeah, there you have it, uh, Cloverfield, uh, you know, which I remember when the original one came out, there was so much, uh, you know, viral marketing and trailers, like, this is a big mystery. What is this? What's going on? And uh, I guess this was just part of the fun. So, slushshow.com is back again. I'm looking forward to it. I'm a fan of Cloverfield. I saw it in the theater twice, and I really had fun with it. Um, I love 10 Cloverfield Lane with John Goodman, which I thought was a great Is that the one with John piece. Goodman in the basement? Mm-hmm. And Mary Elizabeth Winstead. Yeah, I saw uh, that one. I saw that one. I think I watched yeah, that one. He's a doomsday prepper. Yeah, it was a great one. Uh, Cloverfield Paradox was okay. Um, that played after the Super Bowl a couple of years ago. They were making a big deal out of it. Like, you can watch this new movie after the Super Bowl. And it, it was good. Um, but the director of Under the Shadow, I'm looking forward to that, because Under the Shadow came out in 2016. It's a great movie. Like, it's all taking place during the Iraq War, and there's a missile that hits a building, and a neighbor believes it's, like, supernatural and that they're cursed. Like, it's a really good movie. Uh, so I would definitely recommend that if you want to check out the new Cloverfield that he's directing. 
Under the Shadow is a decent one to check out. If you just have free time, you're looking for something to watch. I don't know if it's free anywhere, but I saw it back in 2017. I was like, this, this is a good movie. Right on. <laughs> so, what are we talking about next? Uh-huh. Uh, we here at Talking Terror all know how much the king of horror worships at the altar of George Romero. I do. We know. Back in January, uh, we know that the George Romero Foundation teamed up with Bloody Disgusting to create a new scripted audio series called The Dead. Mm-hmm. Today, I've learned that The Dead is seeking aspiring writers to create stories in the spirit of George Romero. They're looking for new and original character-driven stories focusing on survivors of zombie outbreaks. They say stories Mm -hmm. should focus on the human experience in conflicts following a cataclysmic event with the ever-present threat of an overwhelming zombie population. Pitches should not, and I want to be clear, should not be tied to any previously established characters, locations, or intellectual property. Writers can apply now at PitchTheDead.com. Writers will be asked to pitch their story in the form of a Drabble, a 100-word microfiction, and upload previously written samples of their work. If selected, writers will be commissioned to write a 90- to 180-page screenplay and will be invited to participate in an educational experience, including a writing mentorship, and a guided walk through the production process. The deadline for is just a few short weeks away, May 17th, 2023. Applicants are encouraged to share their pitch on social media using hashtag pitch the dead and tag at BD disgusting and at the Garf official exclamation point. Uh, this podcast will release several four episode mini seasons. The first three seasons, precious cargo Precious Cargo, Ephemeris, and a third untitled season are currently in production and set to begin releasing this summer. If you need ideas for your own pitch, you can find Precious Cargo's 100-word pitch below. And in this article, there is a 100-word pitch for this story called Precious Cargo. And, uh, and there you have it. So uh, you can check out pitchthedead.com for more information. And again, deadline for entries is May 17, 2023. Already submitted mine this afternoon. Whoa! Oh, did you? Look at this guy. The King uh, Horror yep. with his 100-word hundred, uh, hundred microfiction pitch. King of Horror, uh, what is the title of your pitch story, or is it a secret of the writer? Uh, no, it's not. It's actually called Gas Station. Uh, I pitched a 90-word quibble uh, to them, and I submitted a short story Quib- I wrote called The Yawning Tree. Um, so the gas station is all about a guy that gets out of jail, gets a job at a gas station, down on his luck, and just as he knows it, the zombie apocalypse happens. So he has to be in charge of saving not only the gas station, but a young girl that appears at the gas station looking for help. Attack the gas station! <laughs> it's pretty much what it is. It's just a guy that's down on his luck, you know, just trying to make a couple bucks, and just doesn't think he's going to make anything of himself outside of prison. Got kind of used to being in there, and 
one night the zombie apocalypse happens, and just as it's beginning, a young girl shows up, you know, with her daughter, and he not only has to protect himself in the gas station, but also that woman and her daughter. So did a quick 90, you know, quibble and sent it to them in a piece that I wrote called The Yawning Tree, and we'll see if, uh, you know, I hear back. All right. Nice job, King. Way, way to be on that shit, Good luck, dude. man. <laughs> yeah, as soon as I heard about it, I've got to send this in. <laughs> you know? You know, try to, to make it in the, the vein of Romero, so hopefully I hear back, you know. It would be great, fingers crossed, but, you know, just to send it, you know, meant a lot. You know, so hopefully somebody gets eyes on my pitch and my short story, uh, The Yawning Tree, which, you know, very short story, but I enjoyed writing it, so we'll see. Might be part of the dead universe. Coming up soon. <laughs> All right, so Dean, what else are we talking about? Uh, those are the things that I came here to talk about uh, on the show this evening. So we conclude with horror news. And now, Dean, you're back, and you picked the movie for us, Virus 32, from 2022 and directed by Gustavo Hernandez. So why don't you give us a synopsis, what you thought about it, and let's kick this discussion off. Yes, Virus 32, uh, Spanish film, uh, but a Shutter exclusive uh, here in America that's been on my list for quite some time. I probably saw a blurb about it somewhere that sounded interesting. Excuse me, sounded interesting. And uh, here we have uh, Virus 32, in which uh, there is a rapidly uh, spreading virus uh, that is uh, making its way through the city. Uh, early on, unbeknownst to um, Iris and her daughter Tata, um, Iris seems to uh, be separated from her ex-husband um, Javi, unbeknown, reasons unbeknownst to us why, but it could be to Iris, who appears to be uh, irresponsible as she forgot it was her turn to watch their daughter Tata, so she takes her daughter Tata with her. Uh, to her job, where she appears to be uh, the night watchman at a kind of rundown uh, athletic club after hours. And uh, as the world continues to deteriorate uh, outside, uh, unbeknownst to them, uh, they get separated inside the club as uh, those infected by the virus begin to make their way inside. What they do learn, though, is that after any of these uh, zombies or infected uh, people, if you want to call them, attack, uh, there are 32 seconds of when they are motionless as, I guess, they're regathering strength uh, for their next attack, giving uh, anyone brave enough a 32-second window Uh, to try and get away. So uh, will Iris and Tata be able to make it uh, to safety? Uh, That we don't know, or will we know because we found out, but maybe audience, you don't know. Uh, But this is the film that we are here to talk about uh, tonight. And as far as my own thoughts on this film, um, I liked this film. I did not love this film. Um, I thought a lot of the visuals uh, were interesting uh, and the use of color was interesting. Um, and 
you know, I have some things to say about the, the conclusion that I don't want to say yet. Um, but, but I liked Virus 32. All right, excellent. So, Ghoul, what would you think about Virus 32? Uh, and I felt it was like a uh, standard fair virus, zombie, apocalypse type of, uh, type of film. Uh, for the most part, it, it didn't really do it for me. Uh, a lot of things that I've seen in other movies and, and other types of things before. But uh, it wasn't terrible. It just, you know, it, it wasn't great either. So kind of kind of just felt ho-hum about it by the time it was done. I was glad when it was over. Okay, interesting. Okay, Monkey, what do you think about Virus 32? Dean is determined to find every fucking foreign virus film he can fucking find for us. <laughs> it's like, holy shit. It's like he went and found another small cast, like, low-budget virus film, and it's just, oh, man. It's just, this movie was trying so fucking hard to rip off 28 Days, in my opinion. It's just, <laughs> holy shit. Um... Uh, yeah, it just seemed like it was trying so hard to rip off 28 Days. Um, um, we're even... Monkey, <laughs> yeah. I, I want to jump in real quick because uh, <laughs> you say this movie was trying so hard to rip off 28 Days, but like I didn't see anybody here uh, with an alcohol problem going to rehab and trying to put their life back together. <laughs> Sandra Bullock, what are you doing here? <laughs> You must be mistaken. Yeah, you are you, you you are quite right, quite right. I I must be mistaken. My my fault. <laughs> I must have been twenty eight weeks. No, but anyway, it's like you know we have we have the virus outbreak and we have the small cast and it's just we needed more story around this cast, something to make me care about these people. It's just she's coming across as just a a shitty ass mom. You know, the daughter is, we can't really get behind the daughter because there's not much behind her because she disappears, you know, almost as soon as we see her. And we're just stuck with the crappy mom and this other dude walking around pretty pretty much in a Resident Evil game. Uh, And it just really fucking irritated me when we got to the three-quarter mark through the movie and we have this very, very intense moment with the mom and we have this music going on, you know, th- this up and down music of da 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 da. And guess what? Three quarters of the way through, fucking twenty eight days later, you have almost the exact same yep. fucking music, <laughs> yep. except yeah. it's more synthy yeah. in this mm-hmm. one. And I was like, holy <laughs> fuck! They even tried to rip off this moment from tw- twenty eight days Nailed as it. well. Like I went back and played the monkey, scene monkey, monkey. back to back. Twenty eight days later. Twenty eight days later, monkey. 28 Days is a movie about Sandra Bullock being an alcoholic socialite who goes to rehab <laughs> and falls in love with Vigo Mortensen. All right? Uh, 28 Days Later is the film that you are talking Vigo about. Martinson? Later, Monkey. 28 Days Later, whatever that guy's name is. <laughs> I was like, what, she falls in love with the ghost from Ghostbusters 2? <laughs> <laughs> but it's just I just you know like the goal I just wasn't feeling this movie man it's, you know but on the flip side you know hey it was a 
Spanish, so yay, it helped me with my Spanish some, so thank you for the Spanish lesson. Um, yeah, I just... Gracias. <laughs> but it's just this movie like was like just trying but just didn't deliver it's like again with small with small characters you, you gotta have a strong strong plot to make us care about these characters and you gotta have strong interactions between these people and actually have them grow some and I just ah, I just felt extremely let down by this film but you have the week. <laughs> <laughs> See, the, yeah. I, I felt like a lot yeah. of the things that were played here too were stuff that we've seen in the freaking Dawn of the Dead remake. You know, the the superior film. Clearly, ah, <laughs> <laughs> not going there. All right, King, what did you think of this movie? <laughs> um, <clears throat> much like you guys, like I was kind of indifferent to this movie. Like I felt like the the premise of the thirty two seconds was kind of original, and I kind of liked it, but it gets labeled as a zombie movie. This isn't a zombie movie. This is an infected movie. Just like the monkey was saying about 28 days later, like it's an infected movie. You're dealing with these infected people. You got 32 seconds to deal with it. I like the idea. Um, I'm actually a fan of Gustavo Hernandez because back in 2009, he made a movie called La Casa Muda, which is the silent house where a deaf girl is being attacked by intruders along with her father in a house. And it was done in one complete shot one shot through the entire movie. I thought it was genius, the fact that he could do this type of thing where he can make an hour and a half movie one shot. Um, <clears throat> and then I go and watch this movie, and he has some of the same watches. But it's uh, just very much similar to 28 Days Later, except with characters that you don't really care about, like the monkey had said. Like, I didn't really invest my time in any of these characters because they're just not very interesting. You know, most interesting thing is the 32 seconds. And... I don't think they play with it enough. And then you get these moments where you feel like it's going to fucking just be brutal. Like, it's, like, you know, nobody is safe. And they had these chances to make it that way. And then they just kind of back away. Like, we're not going to go that far. And I like it yeah. when movies push that limit. And you're thinking it's going to go there. And you're like, oh, shit. Like, they're really going to do this. And then they're like, no, we're not. So it's like, oh. I mean, we'll talk about it later on in the movie where there was chances for them to really push the limits. And they, they backed away, and they just didn't do it, and they moved on to the heroic ending. Uh, I mean, if you want to say heroic, I mean, I think it's just an ending. But, um, but yeah, like I, said, I didn't hate this movie, but I didn't really like it either. I was kind of disappointed because I like Hernandez. But um, all right, so the movie opens with an old woman tending to her pet bird. As she goes to get food for the pet, she returns to find the bird gone. She finds her husband, Simon, sitting in front of the television, and he's bitten the head off the pet bird. Back on the street, Javi is to... Why'd you bite? Why'd you eat the bird again? I told you that <laughs> he my fucking bird on me. <laughs> yeah. So back on the street, Javi is talking to his daughter, Tata, about staying with her mom, Iris. Tata doesn't really want to do it, but Javi says it'll be fun, and Tata is like, yeah, I, I don't really agree with that sentiment. So we move back to the apartment where Nikki and her roommate, the mother Iris, are. Iris is going to leave for work at the sports club where she's a security guard without a gun, but is interrupted by her daughter Tata showing up. She's like, hey, really cool to see you. I love you, but got to go. And Javi is like, yeah, uh, no, I have a test, so she's your problem now. Bye. And he bounces out <laughs> real fucking quick. <clears throat> so Iris is like, fuck, i got to take care of my kids, so I'm going to have to bring her to work. <clears throat> I really hope it's not a strip club. It's not. 
uh, as they leave, <laughs> Carl Shaw sees a, a man appears. That would have been awesome. Like, oh, okay, at least it's a strip club. Like, <laughs> yeah. I was like, watch it be a strip club. He's a stripper. Ar- no, Argentinian strip club. Yeah. Sorry, a dancer. <laughs> so uh, as they leave the building, Tata sees a man appear in the doorway downstairs. He appears hurt but runs off. We soon see that something is wrong as people are running all over the streets while police cars race around the city. Iris gets to her job at the club, and Mario, the boss, allows her inside while Tata hides outside until she gets the all clear from Iris to come inside. Iris shows her around and packs some fireworks into her backpack before leaving Tata all alone in the gymnasium so she can do her rounds. But don't worry, she can see Tata on all the cameras, and they're all around, so she'll be right back. So she's just constantly like, dude, you're fucking just bothering me. Just stay here. I'm going to fucking go. You just hang out here with the walkie-talkie. And just as Iris leaves the gymnasium, leaving Tata behind, we see bloodstained hands press against the nearby window. Probably something we should worry about, but we'll get there. So the power cuts out, and Tata radios that she's scared, but Iris tells her not to worry. It's just a fuses. Iris restores the power, but suddenly Tata radios Iris to say, hey, today would have been Nico's birthday. Who's Nico? He's Tata's dead baby brother. Iris doesn't want to talk about Nico or Bruno and claims the battery on her walkie-talkie is oh, totally gone. Up, <laughs> she then hears a noise outside, and it's two men fighting next to a car that's on fire. Iris calls 911 and says, get over to the club Neptuno. Shit is crazy, but her phone cuts out. She calls down to a man named David who knows her, and he tells her some drug addicts are fighting. Just lock yourself inside, and you'll be good. As Iris races down the building, we see one of the cameras and shows two people making their way inside, possibly a man and his daughter. So Iris returns to the gymnasium to find that Tata is missing, finding only the radio and skateboard. Iris takes the skateboard and goes in search of her daughter, and she sees the shadow of a man running inside the club. She's like, oh, shit, got to get in action. The man runs into the room and charges at Iris, who clearly shoves that skateboard right into the insane man's face. The man takes the hit but recovers and chases after her until Iris manages to escape into a hall where she's able to lock the door. She reaches the front of the club and peering through a hole, she sees that chaos has broken out outside. Iris returns to the office and looks at all the security cameras, finding Tata on one of the screens, wandering around the club. Okay, daughter's still alive. I'm good. So Iris eventually finds a landline and calls Tata in the room that she's in. Tata picks up, and Iris tells her to stay calm and that she needs to lock herself into the room that she's in until Iris can get there. Iris then sees a man and a little girl on one of the cameras that we'd seen before. Also, the crazy man from earlier returns. Iris sees a closet, which she might be able to hide in while Tata locks the doors to the room she's in, just as the banging on the door begins. She's like, oh, shit, somebody's outside the door. It's violently being shaken. Tata decides to hide. And once she's safe, she's grabbed and pulled off screen. Who fucking did it? We'll find out. Oh, no. It's going to be a plot point. (laughs) (laughs) Meanwhile, crazy infected man is something for Iris. He pulls open the closet, but she's not in there. Iris is hiding under the desk. The man seemingly gives up hunting her until the club's cat appears and is grabbed by the man who throws it through a doorway and then proceeds to beat it to death with his bare hands. Fucking loved it. <laughs> He's just slamming this fucking cat's body on the ground. <laughs> and all of a sudden, with the cat dead, he appears calm and seems to be docile. And this is when Iris takes the moment to escape from the office, locking the man inside. She takes cover in the main area of the club and searches the cameras on her phone for Tata 
He was being chased by an infected person. On another camera, the crazy man is smacking the dickhead's body on the floor. Iris reviews the video <laughs> of the two men outside fighting and seems to see that they go calm at 32 seconds, same as the crazy cat killer man. So there's something to the crazy 32 seconds. Crazy cat killer man. <laughs> yeah, he, you know, he's just going to get it out of his system. After that, he's going to be a good dad again, says every drunken stepmother. <laughs> I didn't mean it. You know I love you, right? You know I love you, right? It's just one time. Daddy's sick. (laughs) Should have made me a chicken pot pie. (laughs) It's going to go ahead and eat this cheeseburger on the floor of my apartment. Don't mind me. Okay, David Hasselhoff. We see you. (laughs) So Iris finds herself in the locker room. You little tennis balls to see if any infected. (laughs) She makes her way through the room that she believes to be clear, not seeing one of the infected cross behind her. Tripping behind some lockers, Iris spots the man and makes an attempt to get out of there. She then stumbles upon another infected playing with a tennis ball, and that's when she decides she needs to hide in a locker for a moment before moving on. Well, she manages he just to get out of the he locker. He just wants a catch. <laughs> yeah. So she decides the next area I have to go to is the showers, where she's attacked by an infected man. She manages to escape into the pool area and fight off her attacker as they fall into the pool. All of a sudden, the man dives into the pool as well, uninfected, and comes to her rescue. Also pointing Is out the Jennifer's body. Rule. <laughs> yeah, better move it. Uh, the 32-second rule comes into play as the infected man thrashes around in the water before coming docile. This man is Lewis. He tells her that the infected can't swim; they drown. Also, he's healthy it's because Lewis. the infected had been. <laughs> hey, Louis. Hey, Rato. Hey, what's going on? Hey, you doing what's up, Louis? <laughs> I don't have any red lines on my hands, man. I'm okay. Almost like scars. <laughs> let me <laughs> let me let me check your hands real quick. Let me check your hands. We got a, we got a line thing going on in this movie, man. Let me let me take a look. Let me take a look. <laughs> yeah. <clears throat> so again, yeah, they, you know, they try to. These, make these are those wonderful yeah. little things that they like to introduce into movies like this, right? And if you actually mm-hmm. had a cast. And maybe like a writer, you, you would have had something come up in which, you know, at some point you would have had to trust somebody only to find out, oh, they've got the red rings and they're going to turn. But no, this yeah. shit gets introduced. Nope. And it is a fucking useless little thing that is never going to really come up or add to anything at all. Yeah. Just like the fucking bald yeah, but- guy and his daughter that we see for a split second <laughs> yeah. on that video camera that you know is going to have to come back at some point or another, but, you know. <laughs> yeah, but you're really right. It's because, we, <laughs> because we have to have the trope of the infected person thinking they're going to be okay, even though everyone else in the film <laughs> that they've seen has gone to shit, but they're like, no, I'm going to fight it off. I'm okay. I'm just going to sit here and cover it with a bandage <laughs> and hide it from <laughs> everyone else. It always <laughs> <laughs> You know, you got a character with his hands all bandaged up, and then he's like, "No, I'm fine, man. Like, I'm I'm totally good." And then he removes the bandages. He's got red lines all over his hands. He's like, "Oh shit, he's infected." <laughs> you know? No, I'm cool. I'm cool, guys. Oh, uh, that's right? why he's been acting weird. <laughs> yeah. That's why he's been weird this entire time. No, it's there was just so many missed opportunities. Like they they don't even explain why the virus is what it is. Like, 28 days later, we just gave you an explanation, you know, with the, the fucking, you know, infected monkey infecting people, and all of a sudden, everybody's just freaking out. Like, they, they give you something. Hey, leave me out of this. 
Hey, listen, man, you know, you were there. We know you were there. Let's admit it. Like, it's fun. It's been years. You know, but at least you get, you get something, you know, out of an explanation. This movie just gives you nothing. And, you know, you're supposed to be okay with it. Like, you just, you know, infected is happening. And, we don't know why. And you know what? I'm good yeah. with the, the non-explanation. You know, we've, We've seen a thousand different reasons why this shit happens. You know, it's built in a mm-hmm. lab. A man fucked a fucking, you know, a pangolin. You know, there's any number of things that, that have <laughs> occurred that, that we've seen, you know. So it's not like they're going to come. They're not going to come <laughs> up with anything fucking original on that, that end anyway. So I just wish that they would have played more with the original things that they had here. You know, whether it's the hand thing or the 32-second thing, you know. Like, I... Had zero, like, I don't read the synopsis of the movies pretty much whenever we I get them. You know, yeah. I just, I put, I oh, put no. the movie on and oh, I'm no. like, okay, I'm going to, I'm going to lose myself into this world. Now, I figured Virus 32 meant, you know, this is like the 32nd virus in some kind of like laboratory thing. It took me a while to figure out that, oh, it's called Virus 32 because of this fucking 32-second fucking rule that seems to happen. But, like, I don't know. Like, I know at least it, it comes up later in the film, but it was just like, eh? Yeah, it's, so it, pointless. it's a, yeah. It's kind of like almost a throwaway. Um, you know, like I said, it had potential. Like, I thought this was going to really be a thing in this movie, the 32-second thing, and they just kind of throw it in whenever they feel like they need to. Um but at poolside, <clears throat> uh, Iris tells the <laughs> to find his daughter. And he says, I'll help you. But also, he's there with his wife, Mimi. <clears throat> they were on their way to the hospital as his wife was in labor. When the ambulance they were in was attacked and the ambulance crashed. Anyway, uh, so let's go get that daughter, huh? Sounds like a good plan, right? So Iris decides she's going to go dry off. And Lewis tells her that when his wife, Mimi, found out he, she was pregnant... He was like, I decided to get all these books and do all this research so I can give, you know, help her give birth. I didn't even want to be a dad, but, you know, these hands, they're helping hands, so I'm going to fucking use them. Oh. <laughs> the entire time that he's happening, I'm like, we're going to get that. Yeah. Like, did, he's a hands-on kind of guy. <laughs> yeah, but, like, the entire time it's happening, like, Lewis is being this, like, sympathetic guy who didn't want to be a dad, and then he finds out that his wife's pregnant. Uh, like the entire time, like, you're cre- gonna get a twist, man. Dude, he was <laughs> creepy as fuck from the start. It was the so, entire like, time, like not just, not just like, hey, this guy's like a little bit creepy. There was, there was like no point that I'm sitting here meeting this character, <laughs> saying to myself, he's got her kid. You know, there, there's no doubt about it. This guy well, is yeah. fucking yeah. Mr. Happy over here. He just, he never came off as sympathetic. He always came out like out of secret. And then, again, like, we're going to get into it, but when he was like, oh, you have to come, like, and see my wife, Mimi, like, I have her here with me. I'm like, dude, we're going to get that twist. Like, I was waiting for it to happen. Like, we're, we're going to see. Yeah, agreed. Of course, uh, yeah. He was, did not yeah. come off as trustworthy in, in any way whatsoever. Mm. Um, like, no, no matter, we didn't know, much. of course, what it was yet, but he was certainly up to something. She just he always had. You know, <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's like Homer Simpson in the episode of Mel Gibson of The Simpsons, where he's like, "You have to have a dog with shifty eyes and just looks left and right." And she's like, "Hmm, hmm, 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 hmm." I guess just keeps looking back. And forth. <laughs> you know, he's not to be trusted because he's got those eyes. But 
so Lewis and Iris go on their way, and along the way, Lewis introduces Iris to Mimi, and he's like, hey, babe, Iris is here to help you give birth to our son, Raul, but big shocker, she's infected and strapped to a wheelchair. So Iris is like, what the fuck? Like, i got to get out of here. Uh, like, oh, man. No, you can't, because I'll... I saved your life several times. Several? Uh, once. Taking fucking credit, dude. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, I, I know you were now. so pissed off here, man. Them fucking ripping off your favorite fucking zombie movie. <laughs> I was like, it was done before. Zack Snyder did. I, honestly, I was. I was like, dude, this has been done before in Dawn of the Dead. <laughs> like, I don't like that movie, but it's been done. Like, we are at this point. Um, so she tells Lewis that the baby could be sick, and he's like, damn, that's cold. I mean, would you ditch Chata if she was sick? And she's like, huh, how did you know my daughter's name, man? I never told you. And then he's just like, oh, oh really? Well, she uh, told me. She's nice. Uh-huh. I even signed her cast. And she's like, what the fuck, dude? Where's my kid at? And he's like, you know what? I'll tell you, but you're going to have to fucking deal with my wife first. And it's like <laughs> that fucking moment where he's like, oh, Tata. And she's like, what? I was like, yeah, this guy can't be fucking trusted. Like from the moment he took you out of that pool, we should have been like, I'm fucking killing him. <laughs> I don't trust <laughs> this guy whatsoever. And, you know, why is he always fucking shifty? But, of course, she does because she wants to find her daughter. So Iris tries to attack Lewis to find out what her daughter is, but he overpowers her, and she has no choice but to help him. I just, he's, like, fucking strangling her, and she's like, all right, dude, stop. I'll fucking help you. Get your fucking hands off my throat, dude. <laughs> Clearly, he Why has am no I issues whatsoever. <laughs> Why am I getting turned on all of a sudden? <laughs> and my Why husband like never this? did this for me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Javi, you know he ain't eating that pussy. Like he's just worried about his studies. <laughs> Probably why they broke up. <laughs> um, so Lewis tells her that Mimi started acting strange a few days prior, developing the red lines on her hands. He found her one night trying to claw her belly open with her fingers. Just crazy times, man. <laughs> she didn't know what she was oh, doing. Oh, dude, so yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Everything's gonna be okay because again, you know, it totally worked out in dawn. <laughs> yeah, it could be yeah. so much better. <laughs> Spanish McTie Piper over here. <laughs> That's what I can say my wife. Time. You're gonna kill I was, my I fucking don't like. <laughs> you know, I kept thinking that the entire time, I'm like, dude, I do not like Dawn of the Dead since 2004, but this is just ripping it the fuck off. Like, this is just McTie Piper, <laughs> but he's Spanish now, and his name is Lewis. <laughs> um, so they eventually find themselves in a room with an empty, uh, empty Olympic-sized pool where Iris finds a totally wounded Javi. <laughs> He's like, hey, decided to come check on you guys. Totally got killed. She's <laughs> like, uh, how's Tata, by the way? And she's like, dude, not going to lie to you, I'm not a great mom. Don't know where she is. <laughs> I am this movie. I'm sorry I let our kid drown in our pool. <laughs> That was the greatest fucking moment in this fucking movie where I legitimately laughed, and I'm like, dude, I'm fucking going to hell. Because I could not stop laughing when he's like, he's like, Iris, it's not your fault. And she's like, oh, I shouldn't have let our kid drown in the fucking pool. I was just distracted. I'm like, oh, my God. Like, why are they putting this in the movie now? Like, they put this fucking thing in there, so you're like, oh, my God. Like, I feel so bad. I was like, too little, too late. You have to put this byline of a fucking baby dying in a pool? <laughs> I, yeah, I, I was laughing. <laughs> it was just such a random yeah, thing. Because, what? 
because then they I'll stop that. They should have played this stuff off like a telenovela. You know, like at least they would have like that over dramatic, like telling with like that super dramatic music and like that that wistful look as it like fades off into the past. Like it, it would have stylized the film and given it like that Spanish flair. <laughs> Plus, on top of that, it's like you've got this shit going on. It's like then why didn't they fucking write it to where she has a thing about she can't get in the pools or some shit because she's been shocked by all this shit, which is why she's not, you know, should have been not been able to run away from the infested or go into the pool, blah, 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 because of that. She's got a thing about water or something, you know, to give her some depth, but it doesn't, no pun intended. But it doesn't matter. <laughs> that whole pool sequence only comes up once, you know, instead of saying, hey, mm-hmm. I know, let's lure all these motherfuckers to the pool since they seem to yep. drown. No, that was <laughs> yeah. silly. And God, God forbid she knew how to turn the fucking water on for the other pool, even with Javi's fucking dead body in it. Uh, <laughs> yeah. No, no, we're just, we're, we're going to get to the ocean. <laughs> That's what we're going to do. Yeah, Just we'll, like we'll the get end there. We'll get there. Of dawn in twenty two thousand four. You know, we're we're just we're just yep. trying to get to the to the ocean. <laughs> that is when you get on the boat at the end of dawn. The dead. <laughs> Forgot about that. Oh, we find the island. Infected oh, with people. Oh God, it's like Gustavo watched Dawn of the Dead. He's like, I could do it, but I could do it better. No, can you though? I can make it as smooth. <laughs> I can make yeah. it. And I. <laughs> And I, and I'm going to do 28 days later, 28 days later, later better. So I'm going to use a bigger number to show that mine is better than 28 days later. 32 days later. 32, 32 is. 32 is better than 28. I win. Gustavo wins. But yeah, Javi says they bought a pool. And uh, I was so distracted that she let the baby Nico drown. I'm like, this is probably like a little fucking wading pool. Like, I, I imagine like a little plastic pool in the backyard. Yeah. And she's just like, oh, yeah, I'm totally going to go inside and talk on my phone. Oh, my baby's in the pool. Oh, no, he's dead. <laughs> I kind of hold myself a little bit responsible. <laughs> Check out my live stream, yeah, y'all. Oh, shit. <laughs> oh, shit. <laughs> <laughs> so... Mimi begins freaking out as her water breaks and Javi is left to die. The infected begin rushing around just outside the room they are in, so attempting to get in, Lewis tells her there's no way out. He needs to start shooting at them, which will bring more of them. Iris and Lewis begin setting off the smoke bombs that Iris took from earlier and navigate through the now orange smoke-filled room. Lewis has grabbed and Iris makes a run for it, tripping on a pool rope. She falls in an attack, but she fights back and makes it out of the pool where Mimi is still sitting strapped to the wheelchair. An infected woman appears and hears the baby inside of Mimi, and she reveals that she has a knife, and she has plans to cut this fucking baby out. Here we go. Here we go. Do it. Do it. Do it. (laughs) And Iris immediately screams at the infected woman. Lewis appears and kills the infected woman before the baby gets, like, cut out. Okay. All right. So we're not doing that. All right. So, all right. All right. What else do you got for me, movie? (laughs) Let's go. What else are we talking about? So Iris and Lewis managed to get into a clinic. But it was also fucking weird, though, because, you know, with the infected, have we really seen any scenes of the infected attacking the infected? You know, and and this scene is like, 
we have her and she's feeling the stomach though and it was almost like are they kind of sentient though of you know were they trying to put, get across that they're sentient of each other and you know what's going on so therefore you know we're kind of going within <laughs> us moment where they're kind of rough and they wouldn't know that stuff but they know to cut it to get it out kind of shit you know is what I was thinking maybe just because again we haven't seen a turn infected. That's our clue that the baby isn't infected and that's why she knows that it's ah. Yeah. Okay. That's what I'd pick from it. <clears throat> so of course we don't get that moment. Instead Mimi is taken to a clinic where she's strapped down and Javi's like not Javi, um Lewis is like, it's coming out like I need to do it. Then all of a sudden he's like, I fucking can't do it. So Iris is all up to you. She's like, what the fuck? Like, you, you read books. Like, you know what to do. He's like, I can't do it. Man, I can't do it. You fucking do it. And she's like, yeah. all right. Yeah. I, I guess I will. <laughs> yeah, but then he's like, then he's like you're doing, you do it because you're a woman. It's like, like that bitch knows how to fucking <laughs> live her a baby. She wants a baby drown. I don't think you want her near a baby right now. <laughs> so uh, Iris eventually gets the baby out and is born, and they cut the umbilical cord, and you know, Lewis is like, oh, my God, you know, there's Raul. This is my baby. Then all of a sudden, he's like, oh, fuck, I got the pigeon I got to give her because the pigeon will detract her. And then we could set the timer for 32 seconds because she needs to hold the baby. You know, mother needs to be with the baby. And she's like, dude, that's not a fucking good idea at all, dude. And he's like, no, believe me, it's yeah. going to work out. It's going to work out. Like, I have no idea how, but it's going to work. So she's like, dude, seriously, don't do that. And he's like, no, we're going to do it. He gives her Mimi the pigeon, and she gets distracted. And he's like, look, Mimi, it's your baby. It's your baby. Hold the baby. And she's just like, oh, 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 you know, and he's like, no, it's cool. It's cool. <laughs> <She's> like, <"Whoa." laughs> so uh, Iris is freaking the fuck out. Fucking, like, I wanted her to do to the fucking baby what we saw the guy do to the cat earlier in the movie. Okay? This, yeah. this was yeah, that would have been amazing. Yep, it would have been fucking me, great. like needing to go to hell because that's exactly yeah. what I wanted to fucking see. You introduced the concept you the earlier, there. okay? That needed to fucking yep. that needed to be done. All right, this movie yep. needed something to fucking make it stand out, and that would have done it. That would have fucking that would have put this to bed. Again, missed opportunity. Um, but the lights yeah. go out, and the thirty-two seconds and, is up. Yeah. And yeah, go ahead, monkey. <laughs> I'm agreeing with you here it's because, you know, the lights go out, and I was like, oh, shit, we're going to fucking go there. You know, I, I'm with you guys because I'm like, oh, fuck, are, are we going to do this? Are we going to do this because lights go out? You know, and I'm like, you know, yeah. holy shit, are, you know, are you going to do it again? No. Yeah. Are you going to put the fucking envelope? Because the 32 seconds are up. Like, it's done. Like, she's back to being the infected. Uh, but when the light, when she gets a flashlight on, Iris gets a flashlight on, Mimi and the baby are gone. So, of course, Lewis is like, well, where the fuck do they go? we got to find them. <clears throat> and they do. And Mimi is still holding the baby. She's still infected. But she's still seeming kind of docile, which I didn't understand because I'm like, okay. So we're back to another 32 seconds because she's really not doing much. She's just holding that baby. And then you see her wrap her hands around the baby's head. I'm like, oh, here we go, boys. Strap in. We're going to get some <laughs> sick shit in this fucking movie. Like, it's going to be fucking terrible. I was like, here we fucking go. And Lewis is begging Mimi to, like, you know, that's your baby. That's your baby. you got to understand. Like, she knows it's her baby. But, of course, she doesn't. And as she goes to crush the baby's skull, Lewis shoots her in the head and she dies. I was like, again, missed out. Ah. 
Are we the are, like us, you know, that watching this movie? Yes. Are we the worst motherfuckers for like wishing this much death yeah, on one baby? <laughs> well, I no, we are so jaded. Like this would be great, great to be having happen uh, in this kind of film because, as we've said before, like we have. You know, we watch, of course, like like an absurd amount of films within this genre. So we've seen like everything, and you know, like I'm constantly looking for like who's going to push things further, who's going to do things to the next level yep. that we haven't seen before. So if that means taking a fucking, you know, maybe we don't know, but maybe some infected baby and and slamming it down to the ground. I mean, like. <laughs> oh shit! And the fact that and, and the fact that you're laughing while you say it, Dean, makes it so much funnier. I said like, that at all. Oh my god, I was not laughing. <laughs> but the thing, like the fact is, they could have done it off screen. They could have easily had that kill be done off screen, so you don't even see it. You just hear the baby. Yeah, when the lights went stops. out. Yeah, yeah, when the like, lights went out. It could have been done it, in that way. Yeah. Uh huh. Mm-hmm. So you don't have to see the actual act, but you know that it's been done. So you know it's fucked up and it's wrong. But at the same time, they could have done it in that way, but they decided not to. Um, <clears throat> so Lewis is mourning the death of his wife, Mimi. You know, he, he still has this unroll with him, but he tells her that he put Tata in the boiler room. So that's where you need to go find her. So she's like, all right, Tata time. So she evades a few of the infected and makes her way into the boiler room. <laughs> so, oh, it's Tata's. <laughs> so Ivor searches the area, Tata's. and she eventually finds Tata's backpack and a trail of blood. She also finds the cast from Tata's arm lying on the ground. She eventually sees that the boiler has been kicked on, and there's a fire inside. She looks inside and sees that there's a body on fire, and immediately assumes that it's Tata, and cries out in pain and cries out in terror that attracts another infected. I love the fact that she just automatically assumed it was her fucking kid. <laughs> like, I don't know. If any of you guys are on fire, I wouldn't know what your body looked like. If it was burned. Like, that was a burned fucking body. So you're making a lot of assumptions <laughs> that this is oh, your daughter. But she's, just, but, she's tracking. But, again, it was like, you know, the breadcrumbs were there. The backpack, it was almost like a pathway. Then the, the cast is right outside yeah. the boiler. I was thinking, all right, you know what? This is going to be that moment where, I, for a split second, in my head, I was like, wow, did they actually go there? Did they kill her? And are they going to go yeah. like fucking Beatrix Kiddo? Is she going to all Killer. of a sudden become some kind of, like, badass and, like, go on a rampage and kill these fucking things? But then, like, right after that, I'm like, nah, this kid's still alive. And yeah, <laughs> I figured they'd, they'd, come up yeah. with, they'd come up with it somehow to be like, yep, no, nope, that was not me, mama. No, I, I said the exact same thing. When that happened, I'm like, that's not her kid. It's not going to be her kid. Like, they're not going to – they've missed so many opportunities to do fucked up shit, they're not going to do that now. <laughs> they, that train has left the building. You know, the, the fucked up train has left, you know, so they're not going to do that. But, of course, after she sees that, um, all of a sudden, the 28 Days Later fucking theme song kicks in. And I was like, what? Yeah. And I was like, this, this – is... <laughs> am I watching the right movie? <laughs> it's like cause all of a sudden he kicks in, and she's like, "Oh shit!" And she decides to put the gun underneath her chin, and doesn't pull the trigger. Instead, she finds her way down a hall to a door where she calls out for Tata. 
the door unlocks, and, hey, it's Tata. She's fine. She was just fucking hanging out. Uh. And she's like, hey. So anyway, like, that fucking guy, like, he helped me, and he just kept me safe, and he cut my cast off, and, you know. The body in the boiler, by the way, uh, it was that girl that we saw on the security camera earlier. Like, her fucking dad was infected, and he threw her in the boiler. Um, so anyway, let's move on, right? Like, no, wait, wait, what? No, no, no. Wasn't it explained <laughs> that they a bunch of creatures came in to attack them, and they try, he tried to help, but it just didn't work out? Yeah, see, I thought that he, he tried to help, he became infected, and he ended up throwing his daughter in the boiler. That's no, what I, I think he said I they I think she said they overran him, and they threw her in in the boiler. Which again, you know, obviously this is this is a rage virus. You know, we're not eating anybody. We're we're just doing it to let out <laughs> our anger. You can't guess. call it a rage virus. That's twenty eight days later. Angry virus. The highly upset virus. <laughs> the 32-second virus, if you will. Dig, if you will, the 32-second virus. Thanks, Frank. <laughs> um, so we see an infected person watching the cameras as Iris and Tata manage to escape. Tata tells Iris that she's feeling something on her foot, and it turns out to be a bunch of rats. They need to get through the green corridor. It's the only way out of the club. So Iris sets a rag on fire, which draws away the rats, which distracts the infected for 32 seconds long enough for Iris and Tata to navigate through the green corridor. And here's my question to you guys. So <clears throat> you have 32 seconds. This is when they're docile. This is when they're calm. They're not doing anything. Why not just fucking blast your way through? Run. Like yeah, I am running. 5K. Like, yeah, I'm not <laughs> fucking carefully stepping around these people. They're docile. You have 32 seconds where they're not going to hurt you. Just fucking go. And they're just yeah. carefully walking around these people, like whoop, whoop. And taking and as much time as possible. <laughs> and she yeah, has it's, the 32 not, seconds it's, on her phone. And it's like, but it's not like freeze go, tag. <laughs> <laughs> I just, I didn't understand it because I'm like, why don't, like, they're not going to attack you. You've seen that they don't attack you for 32 seconds. You have the time to just run, speed run it's that It's called shit. dramatic but tension, instead, King. It didn't work because I was like, dude, yep, yep. It doesn't work because you have 32 seconds. You could do anything in that 32 seconds. Instead, they're like, ah, let's get through this corridor. But they make it to towards the end, and that's when all of a sudden the infected start to begin to snap out of their trance, and now Iris needs to bash as many of the infected as she can to get to the end. The end because of being chased what? by death. That gun, is un- that gun has no bullets. <laughs> <laughs> and she, but she and does it's like have a old, it's like an old, It's like an old Superman skit. No bullets if she throws it at the head. <laughs> <laughs> So, you know, she decides to bash the all these infected. That's the reason why they said that they wouldn't this. trust her with a gun. She doesn't know how to check if it's loaded. <laughs> I mean, she let her kid die in a pool, so I don't know if I would trust her with a lot of things. <laughs> but Iris and Tata make it to the crashed ambulance out front before finding a car that can take them to freedom. Iris is able to get to the car and get it started, but it won't get any far on the flattest of the flat tires. So we see the car rolls forward, and is soon overcome by the infected. No worries, though. This is a trap set up by Iris and Tata so they could escape so from the sewers of Montevideo. Where are the movie takes Oh, place? look at them. They're, they're like fucking David Copperfield, that shit. Ooh, <laughs> <Yeah. delusion. laughs> so, like, I was like, how the fuck did they do that? 
She's like, well, I'm going to put some sheets over the windows and cover it all up, and then I'll put a broom on the fucking gas pedal. Like, no, no, we didn't say any of that. The three musketeers can do with the man in the iron mask. I mean, I'm sure she can, too. (laughs) (laughs) So as they're crossing through the sewers beneath Montevideo, Iris finds Lewis, who is dying. He says he might not make it, so go look for his boat, the Albatross. And also, by the way, kind of, you could just take my baby, too, though. So she's like, oh, cool deal. <laughs> I guess oh, I have to yeah, fucking cause... raise your kid. Again, track record. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I wouldn't trust my what baby. What part of my <laughs> kid drown in a fucking wading pool? You want me to take yours on the ocean? <laughs> <laughs> that would be great if Lewis said that. He's like, you know what? I'm just going to die with my kid in my hands. <laughs> you know, your kid fucking died in a waiting pool. <laughs> I don't think I trust you on the open fucking sea with my kid. But that, anyway, I'm that's out of a here. Lot of, that's a lot of water to not miss. <laughs> <laughs> You're going to drop it at some Trump. point. I know it's... <laughs> You're going to be holding a roll all second and be like, whoops, flip your hands. I'm like, nope, no, stop it. <laughs> so the first infected person from the beginning of the movie that Iris saw returns with his wrist-clapping action. Why is that a thing? I guess that's his thing. <laughs> you know, just to prove that he's the one from earlier. Um, so Iris tells Tata to run and get to the seat. Good, yes. And I get that's like an identifying feature for him, right? But here's where I thought mm-hmm. that was going to come in. We see that happen after she shows Tata, this is how you're going to know it's me. I'm going to knock on the yes. door, and it's going to have like mm-hmm. a specific pattern. The next cut shows this guy like kind of doing a similar pattern. Now, I assumed later yep. in the film, Tata was going to hear that noise open the door and either be put in danger or possibly fucking killed because of that. But no, no, it's, it's just no. this fucking guy's weird thing. <laughs> it's a missed opportunity movie. <laughs> 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 so Iris tells Tata to run and get to the sea if she doesn't hear any more noises after 32 seconds <laughs> and to not look back at her. Iris wishes Nico oh. a happy birthday and charges at the infected man. You're on your On the open sea with a fucking baby, by the way, that you're gonna have to take care of. Good luck. Uh, so Tata turns oh, around and covers her ears. Remember when Nico was on the beach? <laughs> <laughs> Why are they putting this kid near so much fucking water? We know he can't swim, but you have to bring him to the beach. <laughs> so yes, yeah, so Tata turns around puts her hands over her ears, and then we see her fight, Iris fight the infected man who beats the living shit out of her. Like, she has I loved no it. fucking mm. fighting. Yeah, oh, man. He's I, fucking curb-stopping her. He's fucking straight up curb. <laughs> like, she maybe got one good hit in, but the rest was just the infected man. <laughs> That's just, what I picture that fucking, fucking chimpanzee did to that woman up in Connecticut, you know? Oh, yeah. He's tearing off her face. <laughs> oh my God! You gotta shoot it! You gotta shoot it! Oh, that nine one one call is one of my favorite fucking calls ever. Because the woman's like, "Oh my God! You gotta shoot it!" And you just hear in the background. <laughs> oh, no. Oh, no. no, she knows him. He knows her. <laughs> I stabbed him. I stabbed him and made him angry. <laughs> oh my God! Like, I just felt, man, that fucking nine one one calls. It just, it's so just. 
it's terrible, but at the same time, you just hear the monkey in the background. Whoa! Like, you know, I was like, oh, no. <laughs> He's doing some shit. That's why you can't own monkeys in wow. so Stop doing these people. Where's Bubbles? <laughs> Bubbles never hurt anybody. It was just too busy with the trauma that Michael Jackson inflicted on him. And Bubbles <laughs> told no fucking secrets. I was talking about Corey Feldman um, or Bubbles the monkey. Oh. Bubbles the monkey. Michael yes. Jackson's monkey. That monkey just saw everything and said nothing. That's why he was just sitting in the corner. Like, I've seen so much shit, but I'm not saying a word. Yeah, but Bubbles won no snitch. <laughs> yes, You're cool, Michael. We're good. So once the infected man becomes docile, Tata runs to Iris, who tells her daughter, you know what? This is pretty much the way it has to be. I got to die. You got to go. You got a boat to find. You got the open sea ahead of you. So here, take this family for the fine. So Iris tells Tata to run, but Tata is like, fuck that noise. That guy is still calm. So she grabs a nail gun and points it directly at the man's forehead, seemingly killing him. But first, we have a flashback to Iris and the family before tragedy struck. On the beach, near water, where the uh, kid clearly should not be. Quit putting this fucking kid in water. Get him away from Iris. Get him on a fucking Somebody driveway. Somebody get that kid so. off the escalator. <laughs> I'm sorry, but you know how many deaths happen on the escalator? <laughs> Brody was right, man. He was right the entire time. So... After the flashback on the beach of the family together in happier times, we cut back to Tata holding the nail gun, and she drops the infected man real quick with a nail shot to the head. Eris and Tata hug each other. And I'm like, how the fuck is she going to kill him with a stapler? I, I thought, thought it was a, a stapler, gun. too. Was a stapler? Really? She I thought, thought it was a nail gun. I don't know. I just thought it was like a Spanish-style nail gun. Because it made the sound of a, a nail gun when she shot the guy. <laughs> look, I'm sorry, did you just say Spanish you... nail gun? It could be different than here in the U.S. Oh, this Tata with the Spanish nail gun. It made the sound of a nail gun. Why is it a nail gun? I don't know what Spanish nail guns look like. You know? I mean, monkey, you're practicing Spanish. Look up what a nail gun looks like in Spanish. Okay, I'm I'm sorry. Did you just say I'm practicing Spanish, so therefore I would know what something looks like? Yes! Because you're the, you're the expert. You're learning in Duolingo how to speak Spanish. They don't have a Spanish word for fucking nail gun? <laughs> yeah, it's called stapler. Gun DNA. I wonder, I wonder if the sound that it makes when the nail comes out is like a Spanish sound instead of like, you know, uh, an American English sound. It says ole. 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 Booyaka, booyaka. <laughs> Shooting him out because this guy's working on it. Oh, ole, yeah. ole. See, <laughs> see. His nail goes into the wall. Um, so, yes, anyway, she drops the, the infected man with, with the weapon. I'm not going to say nail gun anymore because I'm probably fucking wrong. But anyway, she kills the man. Iris and Tata no, hug each other. more sense. So, like, to be honest right. with you, it's like I said, I'm sitting there watching him put this stapler up to the fucking guy's head, and I'm like, that ain't fucking penetrating his skull deep enough to actually kill him. So if, That's not now that you say it, That's not it, makes, it makes perfect, perfect good sense. But, I, what I again, a nail yeah. gun, like, needs 
like you know, like pneumatic pressure. So like yeah. that, that, yeah. that's what that that's why I'm not thinking it's a nail gun, you know. Yeah, my mind just went to nail gun for some reason. I was just like, it's, it's obviously it's going to be something that's going to kill him. It can't be like a staple, <laughs> you know, just just kind of minorly fucking bother him. But um, but anyway, she kills that guy. Coming in Iris October. and Tata hug my each stapler. other. <laughs> my stapler. My stapler. Swing that. Swing that. <laughs> hey, um, I, I, just, I just checked it in the movie here. It's a stapler. Yeah. Oh, that was wrong. A staple killed him? A staple killed this infected man. That is the greatest fucking thing ever. A staple to the forehead. Anybody can survive. It, it, the infected man. It was my, it was my stapler. I like my stapler. I, I, I was talking about to my music at a uh, volume. <laughs> It's a very nice paper. Very nice paper. I told him I'll burn the building down. I'll burn the building down. Um, yeah, that's what I was going to say, too, is that Stephen Root, who played Milton in Office Space, any project he goes on, they give him swing line staplers. Wherever set he's on. They, they present him with swing lines. And he's like, every fucking set I go on, they're like, Stephen Root, great to have you. Here's a swing line. <laughs> He's like, I love him. Don't get me wrong, you know. He's like, it's just, it's great. Um, Iris is somehow still alive after being fucking beaten half to death by the infected man. So she decides to go along with Tata with Baby Roll leaving the sewers. We then cut to every single room in the club, oh, Halloween style, from where we get to just recap where we've been in this entire movie. There's the gymnasium, there's the pool, there's the office, kind of like Halloween at the end of the movie. And then we find the infected man <laughs> earlier in the pool who is still alive and thrashes in the pool. So obviously Lewis is wrong. They don't drown. Oh, shit. Come back. Is it going to be a sequel? Well, we don't know. So the man but in the now pool, that means, you know, is... But now that makes them undead. Yep. So if that's the case, they yes. are now zombies. Yep. Yes, that's what I was going to say, is that they are now the undead, like, you know, because obviously he drowned, and then he came back to life, so now we're dealing with both the infected and zombies, you know, in this uh, core franchise of a series. Um, but as we cut to these different rooms and Tanta and Iris leave to find safety, we find that safety probably isn't going to be coming because Montevideo, the city, is completely just overrun. It's on fire. There's no real escape except for, obviously, the albatross that they're going to have to find. Um, and we are I'm probably going to explore that. <laughs> There's a whole line of boats heading out of, of the place as yep. well. So uh, yeah. now, now that we know that they don't just drown, that they, they will learn to swim, you know, they will evolve like, like George Romero. They will death. Us. They will fucking God they will ride a, a horse. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> oh, that fucking movie's terrible. As much as I love Romero, man, survival of the dead, it's a struggle to get through. <laughs> I remember buying it, not even seeing it. I just bought it when it came out on DVD, and I'm like, all right, it's his last one. Let's see what he's got. I was so excited for it. After Diary, I was so excited for it. Wait, Diary is the one that's told all through, like, camera lenses, right? Yeah, Yeah, like found footage. Yeah, Yeah, that one I like. But then Survival is the one on the island, and with, like, the Hatfields and the McCoys. Yep. Yeah. The, the warring families, and you have, like, the zombies going about their normal lives as, like, mailmen and shit like that. 
and then there's a daughter riding on the fucking horse. And that fucking movie, I'm like, who's got a twin? Yes, she does. One's alive, one's dead. And she rides the horse, the other one's alive and doesn't ride horses. But (laughs) it's like one of those things where you see the movie and I'm like, all right, it's not great. Like, it's not very good. George has kind of lost his touch with making zombie movies. But I'm like, the one thing he never did was he never had zombies eat a fucking animal. Like, they're only after human flesh. And what does he fucking do (laughs) at the end of the movie? He has the zombies eat a horse. And I was like, ah, there we go. (laughs) I fucking love you, but why, dude? You made this a thing that they don't want the animals. They want humans, but... Yeah, I was, I was kind of glad he went out on that. And, you know, it, it just no, nothing left, but um, ew, terrible. But, yes, we do see boats leaving uh, Montevideo, and we see fires being set apart. Um, I don't know if, if he was thinking that he would do a sequel to Virus 32 or if he was hoping for something else. I know, like the, the demon said, this is a Shutter original, so it might just be a one and done. I mean, I would think probably going to be a one We can only hope. <laughs> <laughs> Because just like with 28 Days Later, they did 28 Weeks Later, and I don't like that movie at all. Like 28 Weeks Later is just, just not good. Like it, just, it, it has it's these moments where it's like, it's just 28 Days Later is the one. Like, just watch that one. You know, and I know that Danny Boyle has always said he wants to make it 28 months later, and I'm like, nah, you don't need to. We're good. Yeah, we're, we're good, yeah. Yeah, you know what? We just like the 28 Weeks Later. That's fine. Uh, so... Um, Yes, so that was Virus 32. That was a Dean's pick for this week. So for next week, as we close out the episode, next Wednesday is actually my literal birthday. So that's why I wanted to have my pick on my birthday to talk about something a little fun, something that I'm not sure if you guys know about. Uh, So um, Giovanni Lombardo Radice passed away uh, just a couple days ago. He was a big star of Italian B-movies. If you can name a horror director, he was probably in that movie. But I want to talk about a little fun one that is on Screenbox. I know, Ghoul, you said you have Screenbox. I think uh, the Dean also has Screenbox. So I'm trying to, you know, cut costs around. Yeah, like Um, like I said, you can sign into my Screenbox. The password is the King Loves Dawn 2004. Sure. I will definitely not do that because I actually have this movie. Um, but if you don't have either, you can't find it. It's a dollar ninety nine rental on YouTube. It's a movie from 1985 called The House on the Edge of the Park, directed by Ruggiero Diodato, who actually passed uh, just a couple months ago, and actually stars David Hess from Last House on the Left, you know, playing much like a crude character. Um, one of my favorites. So for my birthday, we're going to be talking about The House on the Edge of the Park from 1985. Um, I'm just going to leave it at that. Don't want to tell you anything about it other than just hopefully you enjoy. So that being said, yeah, no, thank you so It'll much. Give me a reason it. to use Screenbox because I have it until November. <laughs> I saw it was on there. I'm like, oh shit, Google <laughs> can use Screenbox. It's on there. So, but if for some reason you can't find it, it's a dollar ninety nine on uh, YouTube. So you know, a little cheap, you know, rental. Um, but I'm really looking forward to it. It's one of my favorite Italian exploitation trash movies. Where it's just it's just sleaze, it's just trash. So if you know Last House on the Left, you kind of know what you're going to get into with the House on the Edge of the Park. Uh, no spoilers. <laughs> That's all I'm saying. I didn't tell you what I'm saying. Get ready for some sleaze. We're going to see some titties. We're going to see some action. We're going to see some good shit from '85. So my birthday pick has got a lot going on. So nothing. Your Thank birthday you so pick on your for... so, so your birthday pick on your birthday year movie. <laughs> 
No, I was born in 84. So, yeah. Oh, shit. <laughs> this is the year after. I know, I know. I was kind of hoping it was in 84, but it's 85. But it's okay. Uh, it's a great Italian fucking trash movie. <laughs> we'll talk about it next week. But anyway, like I was saying, Dean, thank you much for coming back and having this pick. Uh, and we'll see you back here next week on my birthday episode of House on the Edge of the Park. Great. Awesome. All right. <laughs> well, Thank you so much for joining us. And we will see you back here next week. All right. Thanks for listening to everybody. Good night. Great. Hello? Hello? Well, oh, my, my audio cut. That's it. I was just no uh, having you do your sign off as we close out. Uh, yes. And what uh, Screenbox House at the Edge of the Park? The House on the Edge of the Park. Who directed that, King? I feel like I just read something about that recently. Ruggiero Diodato. <laughs> ah, I did see <laughs> something about Fest. that recently. Okay. We'll be looking forward to checking that one out. Excellent. I'm, I'm really looking forward to it, too. I think we're going to have a lot of fun with it. Um, so, yeah. So, Monkey, already uh, go ahead and do your sign off. He did. He's gone. <laughs> God, he's, he's bounced. All right. So... Ghoul, want to go ahead and do your sign-off? Oh, stay scared, everybody. Stay scared. <laughs> As for me, I'm your old pal, the King of Horror, Andy G. Thanking you so much for joining us for our discussion of Virus 32. And as I said, next week, it's my birthday. Let's do it up with some Italian sleaze, trash cinema, with The House in the Edge of the Park, directed by Ruggiero Diodato. Looking forward to it. Keep America strong. Watch horror movies. Hail Satan, hail yourselves, hail odorous, and we'll see you back here next week. <laughs>